When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome back to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. Before we begin, I want to remind you all that you can read our content at nj.com slash eagles, and make sure to bookmark that to get the latest Eagles news and analysis. You can also subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Extra Insider Tech Service. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond directly to your phone. Today, I'm once again by No Huddle Show co-host Les Bowen. On this episode of the No Huddle Show podcast, we're going to talk about the 6-0 Eagles and what we saw from Sunday night's win over the Dallas Cowboys. We're also going to talk about how the team has been over the first six games of the week, our thoughts heading into the bye week, and also the approaching deadline. But first off, here's Les. Les, how are you doing today? I'm great, Chris. How are you? Not bad, man. It's 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 crazy to think that it's it's already six weeks in, and we're at the bye week, and we, we we've experienced all this stuff going in, man. Uh, I'll start before this. Do you have any bye week plans going into it? No, I actually do. Uh, this weekend is uh, our 40th wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations! It's hard for people to believe that I was married at four years old, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're going to Punta Cana, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Never been there. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a good time. Dude, that is nice, man. Especially you get, it's, it's a, I heard from what I've heard, it's a beautiful place, man. And you guys are sure to have some fun, man. That's that, that's going to be great. And congratulations to Mrs. Bowen as well, too. Man, forty years. That's for for for, for all the people that are out there that are listening to. To what what are some advice? How do you stick around for forty years, man? Well, I think you have to marry somebody that uh, is willing to put up with you, uh, you know, and somebody that you really fit with, you know, that you have uh, a similar perspective, similar uh, way of dealing with things. Uh, You know, I think that makes it a lot easier. Nice. Bravo, man. Thanks for sharing. What are you doing this week? Well, the uh, for for some of you guys may know, I, gr- I grew up in Philadelphia, but I eventually moved down to Delaware for high school. And now William Penn High School, we got our twentieth twentieth reunion coming up, and that 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 hurts a little bit harder. Than I really wanted to say, you say it out loud. I was like, oh gosh, twenty years is this? And I figure I thought myself as one of the younger guys on the beat. And now all of a sudden, I see other guys, and I'm like, well, holy crap, I'm I'm getting up there now. <laughs> but it's it I'm looking forward to it, seeing everybody. Oh my gosh, it hurts. But uh, but let's get into this right now. Uh, the Eagles once they moved to six and zero, following a twenty seven sixteen win over the Dallas Cowboys, and one in which the Eagles started out had another strong second quarter again, where where they put up a lot of points and and they basically stifled Dallas Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush, but they didn't let the Cowboys come back into it, made things interesting. It was 20 to 17 heading to the fourth quarter before they were able to drive down once again a 15 play drop to end it with Devonta Smith's touchdown. First, but I want to ask you, Les, 
what were your overthought, overall thoughts about this game? Yeah, I, uh, it, it really fit the pattern, I thought, Chris, of what we've seen from the Eagles this season. And it's kind of a disturbing pattern in some ways. They were incredibly dominant in the first half. After a scoreless first quarter, they scored 20 points in the second quarter. And they had a nice 20 to nothing lead. And they gave up a special teams play, a 63-yard kickoff return that ultimately only gave Dallas a field goal. But it was it at least got Dallas breathing again and, and, you know, back in the game a little. And uh, that continued in the third quarter. Third quarters have not been great for the Eagles, but uh, they did pull it out at the end. They not only did they make that long drive that you talked about, which ate up half of the fourth quarter before they scored a touchdown that made it a two score game again, but then they got a nice interception right after that by CJ Gardner Johnson. And that really nailed it down. So you know, you can't be upset. They beat a good team, and, and I know everyone in Dallas is now emphasizing the fact that it was Cooper Rush and, and not Dak Prescott, even though many of them wanted to start Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott when he won a few games. But I, the Eagles lost Lane Johnson, you know, in the first half, and that was a huge deal. Uh, it almost balances out, I think. I, I don't think – I honestly don't think if you put Dak Prescott on the Cowboys that, you know, a healthy Dak Prescott, that they have a better team than the Eagles. I don't think you can in any way come to that judgment out of this game. And, uh, you know, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. How about you? Well, I think that I, I agree with you that as well, too. I think when you put Prescott, it didn't matter. I think what the way that that Eagles defense was playing, they were playing near lights out at times. I think the one thing that you saw from Cooper Rush, he was having his success early in the season when he was really humming and things were going was in between the numbers. And the Eagles took that completely away. That They used TJ Edwards and then rolled back, dropping back in zone a little bit. Kaiser White was getting active in there. But then you could able to do that when you have the secondary that you have. And, and boy, I'll tell you this, C.J. Gardner-Johnson showed up. He showed up on Sunday. I mean, the two interceptions, I mean, he's in a position now to be NFC Defensive Player of the Week. We based on everything he did on that as well, too. James Bradbury played well. Darius Slay had an interception. He played well. I look at that defense, and I look now and actually have a lot of confidence in that. And I think that really, really helps this team out, especially when you start to look down the line of who could be threats with them and within the, not only the conference, but potentially if they – do make it to the Super Bowl, how they match up against some of those AFC teams. So I think the game plan that they had, that, that really did it. I mean, offensively, you look at the numbers, and it wasn't anything that really stood out. I mean, Jalen Hurts was 15-25 and 25 for 155 and two touchdowns. But look at Miles Sanders, 18 runs, 71 yards. The leading receiver was was A.J. Brown, and he had five catches for six, seven yards. I mean, from that aspect, like he had a balanced offense and he had a lot of stuff that was rolling that way that you couldn't key on one guy. But I think balance, I think balance was the best way overall to, to describe this game. Yeah, I agree. And uh, we have seen the Eagles be able to win in different ways uh, this year. And, and I think that sometimes gets lost a little bit. We saw them uh, against Washington. The run game really didn't have much effect and they just threw it down the field. And these last two weeks, we've seen them go back to the run when they had to, uh, when the offensive line was jumbled and wasn't protecting uh, Jalen Hurts very well. Uh, they ran the ball and, and ran it all the way down the field. Um, 
they're a team that can they, they don't have a lot of really glaring weaknesses i think and uh you know it's it's nice to see that uh you know it makes it i wrote today we, we spend so much time picking out these faults and and the third quarters and you know why isn't this why isn't that we sometimes we don't sit back and look at the big picture which is that this is a team that has led by at least two touchdowns in every game it has played. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen that before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I haven't ever seen that before. <laughs> so, you know, that's uh, that's something to sort of bask in a little bit. You're right. It is, it's, it is a weird feeling. All of a sudden you see this team get up early on and you're like, okay, yeah. So, like, this game's – it's pretty much you get an idea of where it's going, and then all of a sudden it's like slow up a little bit, and it's like, okay, well, you're pushing it down like, all right, is this the week? But then they find ways to win, and it's very, very interesting to see how they this season's turned out so far. I mean, we've, as we mentioned earlier, 6-0 and now, and, and, and it's a very interesting time coming up because it, cause in a couple of weeks, uh, November 1st, the trade deadline's coming up. And I'm going to ask you uh, today. You're going to have a, diff- a couple different hats you're going to be wearing, Wes. On that one, the first one I'm going to ask you to put on is your GM hat. And if you're to, if you're looking at this team right now, are you making any calls and willing to go up any assets to bring somebody in? And if so, what positions are you looking at? You know, as good as the team is, I, I certainly am uh, looking. You're always looking at what's out there. You know. Uh, if there's something really good out there that, uh, and, and Howie says this all the time, he usually says it to get out of answering a question directly, but it, you're always looking for what's out there and, and you don't want somebody to get something, especially a divisional rival or someone like that to, you know, if Christian McCaffrey is available for nothing, for example, which he won't be, they'll get a lot for him, I think, but, you know, you don't, you don't let uh, Dallas get that, you know, and that's not a good analogy because Dallas isn't going to trade for him. They've got running backs out the wazoo, but um, you know, you look at everything that's on the market. If, if I were looking to add something specific, it would be a pass rusher. I think we saw Sunday night that still, even though, you know, they had a bonanza of sacks uh, a few weeks ago, the Eagles really don't, get home that much. Uh, they did not sack Cooper Rush, which is – it would have been more alarming if they hadn't won the game by nine points, but it was a little bit alarming. Um, they didn't really even hurry him all that much. Now, he got the ball out quick, uh, and they do run the ball a lot, Dallas does, but still, you know, I just don't see the kind of pass rush pressure – that I saw in 2017, if we're comparing them to a team that won the Super Bowl for the Eagles. If you could pick up a guy that could play, you know, he wouldn't have to be a starter, but a guy who could come in and play a quarter or a third of the snaps and and get a couple sacks here and there and kind of make that group a little stronger, I would look very hard for that. And I'd also look at my special teams here, Chris, and this wouldn't be a big move that – it's going to generate any headlines, but as I've written and as you've written and everybody's written, it's every game they have some kind of potentially disastrous special teams breakdown. And when Nick Sirianni was asked about that yesterday, he got kind of disingenuous, for, which is unusual for him. He started talking about where they rank in punt coverage and so on. The things we're talking about here aren't things that are in the rankings, like getting a field goal blocked. 
and nearly run back for a touchdown. Uh, falling for a fake punt that ends up uh, letting a team keep the ball right before halftime, meaning you don't get it back, and then the other team scores points before the half, and you don't. Um, you know, what we saw uh, Sunday night, as I mentioned before, was a 63-yard kickoff return on the kickoff after you've taken a 20 nothing lead, which is totally uncalled for. <laughs> um, it's... I would look for one or two of those veteran special teams guys. Uh, somebody, I, I saw something today about Alex Singleton, who had a big night uh, for, for Denver last night against the Chargers. You know, guy like that, find somebody who can bring some stability to this. A veteran player who's going to tell guys to be watching out for fakes who's going to stay in his lane and make other guys stay in their lanes uh, during the kickoff returns. Uh, you know, you, you need to get this fixed and you're going to play good teams eventually. Maybe it'll be in the playoffs and you sure don't want to lose because you can't nail down special teams because you, you know, you're ranked such and such in this and such and such in that. But, oh, by the way, you give up an extra touchdown because somebody can't uh, figure out how not to get the a field goal blocked? You know, um, I would I would look real hard at that. <laughs> I can't emphasize. I mean, maybe it's somebody on somebody else's practice squad, even. You know, but find some find a guy or two. You've got roster spots here. You don't need everybody that you've got squirreled away there on the fifty three. There are guys that never dress. You know, and it might be painful to have to put one of them on the practice squad and maybe lose him, but. You got to get this fixed. And you know, that's a good point because you just brought up another guy. Another guy who probably would fill in in that type of situation is now out of elevation. It was Andre Shachere. They used all three of them with the injury to Vontae Maddox. They brought him up and they, because they had to shift Josiah Scott over. So I didn't need a guy, another gunner. But I, I, that's one thing. If I had to do it, I probably would look at the the, only, the position. I mean, you mentioned pass rusher, which I think is, I thought it was very telling that even with, most of the uh, probably the game plan with the Cowboys, but that with Teron Jackson being inactive, I really thought he would be a guy who could step up and, and get when he got a lot of snaps to be That's impactful. Kind of that second that he's unit. inactive Sunday night. You know, we really thought yeah. when Derek Barnett went down that Teron Jackson would be, you know, a guy who got snaps in every game. And if they don't think he's doing enough to be even activated, then you got to find somebody else who can. And then uh, I, I love this move that happens a lot, but miraculously on Friday, a Janarius Robinson, you know, that ankle pop flared up and then he was on injured reserve. <laughs> so they can't even go there when it comes to that. But I mean, I know, I know it's going to be just that delicate balance of trying to win now and bringing guys in. And it's going to take a party cap, but I know this team's going to have a lot of things. They want to roll over as much money, but I, I'm looking at the, the uh, the, the defensive edge rusher might cost them a lot, but you know what? I think I think it's a time to do it. The only other position I would seriously consider doing, and this is not a knock against Britton Covey, but I think if you have somebody experienced to do that for like toward as, as another option to bring in, you don't necessarily have to use this player in to be your full time punt returner or kick returner, what have you, but to have a very veteran option that's back there that's not Devonta Smith or Quez Watkins, guys who you're going to use a lot, just to have them on the roster in case you need to elevate him or something happens because he's been taking a lot of hits, a lot of big hits. And he bounces up, he runs off, but I'm worried about 
also worry about the rookie wall. I mean, every rookie goes through it. And so I want to see what happens on that one. But you know, that's a real good point. And again, that's something that you're not going to have to expend a lot of resources to find somebody who can do that. Uh, I was again, the game last night, I mentioned Alex Singleton on the Chargers side was DeAndre Carter, who is a former Eagle, who, uh, you know, very good return man. You know, those guys just sort of wander around the league. And if you're smart and they I think the Eagles are, you can you know where there's a guy on somebody's practice squad right now that's probably a little better and a little sure, more sure-handed than Britton Covey. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think Covey's been horrible. I think they do a, a terrible job of blocking for him. But he has had, what, three muffs? You know, I, I don't like that. And uh, sometimes coaches fall in love with guys – and you just don't understand exactly what the what the attraction is, you know. And uh, you know, I remember Chad Hall, who was uh, one of Andy wow. Reid's guys, you know, the same kind of <laughs> same kind of player. He's he's a coach now, I think, uh, with the Bills. But uh, nonetheless, not a great returner. Uh, before that, the fans left to rag on poor Reno Mahe, who was just back there because he was incredibly sure-handed. You couldn't knock him for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, you can do better. There's no doubt about it. Well, and then I'll also throw this to you as well, too, uh, General Manager Bless. Uh, I want to ask, are you willing to risk the chance of upsetting some of the chemistry with everything going so well, bringing a new player in, as opposed to just leaving everything stamp at? You know, you're not bringing in like a starting quarterback or anything. I, mean, I, I, I think the kind of changes we're talking about are kind of incremental around the edges kind of changes. They're not uh, going to anything that's going to alter the chemistry of the locker room or, or captaincies or anything of that nature. Um, you remember that year, the one the Eagles did win the Super Bowl. Uh, you remember when Jay Ajay showed up on trade deadline day? That was a yeah. pretty big deal. <laughs> you know, I don't think they win that Super Bowl if they don't have Jay Ajay. So uh, I, I just, I don't think you, again, we're not talking about, any gigantic uh, move, but I, I think you you get better if you can. Makes sense. Makes sense. So I'm going to read you the next six teams that the Eagles have on there when they come off the bye. And, it, and when you look at this now, you have every, it, it gets pretty interesting. You get the Pittsburgh Steelers the first day at home. You're, then they go on a short week to the Houston Texans. Then they come back against the Commanders with a Carson Wentzless Commanders team here at home. They go on the road to Indianapolis. They're back home against the Packers. And you know what? I'll throw this one. And then they're home again, once again, against Tennessee. Do you think they they finish? They 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 are ten and zero at that point, or do you think they're going to slip up along the way? You know, it's on talent. They should win every one of those games, but. The longer you go without losing, the better the chance is that somewhere you're going to slip up. And that's why the the 72 Dolphins and the and the, whatever they were, 07 or 08 Patriots, uh, you know, they're the only teams to get through an, a season undefeated. Um, of course, the Patriots didn't get all the way through. They lost in the Super Bowl. But uh, it just – they're probably going to really – trip over themselves in one of these games and we just we can't envision it yet 
I guess, you know, the commanders could get hot with uh, Taylor Heineke and suddenly be a good, be a, a passable team for a while and, and pull an upset. You're going to Indianapolis, you're going to have Frank Reich, who's Nick's uh, mentor. Um, you know, maybe there's something there. The Colts started out horrible, but they're winning now. And, you know, Matt Ryan threw a final seconds touchdown pass this past week. I guess you could talk yourself into them losing that game. But really, when you look at this schedule, so much has broken right for them this year. I mean, most years that the Eagles play the Steelers, the Steelers are favored. <laughs> this is uh, to have the Steelers be a bad team this year is uncharted territory for me as a beat writer. <laughs> and then you're looking at the Packers not being very good unless something dramatic happens. Um, you know, they're down the line there, but you know, I, I also am not familiar with that concept. Um, it, even Tennessee, Chris, the game is here. And the Eagles have played Tennessee before when Tennessee wasn't very good. But for some reason, if the game is at Nashville, the Eagles have never won there. <laughs> Something happens. You know, uh, I, I can't explain it, but that's just not a good place for them. But the game isn't there. It's here. And I don't think they're going to lose to the Titans here. Um it really is scary when you look at it. Uh, and yeah, you know, major injuries could turn all this upside down. A lot of things can happen, but I don't think I've ever seen a situation like this with an Eagles team, even in 2017. You know, where I looked at the schedule and just couldn't find a game that they really should lose. Which doesn't mean that they won't lose one, but. It, a game that they should lose. I, I'm challenged to find that. I really am. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm, I'm beforehand. I really thought maybe the Colts would be now the like the one that slips them up because they had they were not playing the best type of way of football. Jonathan Allen was banged up, and Jonathan Taylor, excuse me, and then in. They're not playing well, but now I'm looking now. The only team the team I see on this thing coming up is I, I'm the Steelers game. I don't know what it is, but the Steelers game just feels weird. Maybe it's because the last time the Eagles were undefeated this long back in 2004, the Steelers were the one that broke it up with a rookie quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, Maybe I'm just thinking, all right, good, can you pick it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, there's yeah, a couple of things about that because I remember it very well. That was in Pittsburgh, and Brian Westbrook was hurt. And they dressed him anyway. And but it was one of those deals where they dressed him, but he was a decoy. They they couldn't really use him. He wasn't healthy enough to do anything. And Pittsburgh totally shut down their offense. It was the only team all year that really shut down that offense. And Pittsburgh won what I believe was a very low scoring game with Ben Roethlisberger was the rookie quarterback, pretty darn good rookie quarterback. I mean, especially, you know, in his early days, Big Ben could move. He was gigantic. You know, uh, I, that was a real good team. Heinz Ward's running around out there. You know, it, um, I understand what you're saying. Mike Tomlin is a very good coach. And he'll have the Steelers ready to compete. And that that's a game you, you could always trip over a team like that. But talent-wise, I can't imagine taking the Steelers over the Eagles right now this year. 
it it is weird, and I know there's there's just the talk of Chase Claypool leaving it. I don't know what it is. It's it's in the back of my mind. I'm I don't know. Maybe something. I don't know. Maybe it's the bye week thing. I'm like, all right, cool. Maybe I'm just tired. It's going. Well, it's like what? The bye week, know, the, the yeah. bye week is a is a factor. Uh, coming out of the bye is tricky. And Andy Reid had the uh, had the recipe there, but a lot of Eagles coaches really haven't. They they come out of the bye. Was last year that Las Vegas game? Uh, Chris, I, I don't remember. What, what was the game after the bye last week, last year? I'll look up right now. I'll look up right now. Let's see. It was. Las Vegas was either off of a nine-day week or a bye, one of the two. The, I think it was a nine-day week. They had the they Jets, had the Jets before, before their bye. Then they and had they the had bye, bye week, and they, and they came, came back came against back the Commanders. Commanders. Okay. And did they win or lose that game? They won, they won, they won going, going in, and they, they won coming out. Okay. Well, then we're, they're all kite But I remember the uh, Las Vegas game was, I believe they had lost to Tampa on a Thursday night. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. They, yep. Lo- they lost to they lost, they lost Tampa, Tampa Thursday night, and then they came so down they had to fly out west. west. Yep. And everybody thought, oh, boy, you know, they'll go out west and they'll be all fixed, and, and they were horrible. Um, so, yeah. you know, but I think there's no reason to think that Nick Sirianni can't handle a bye. Um but it, it will be interesting to see the you know guys are going to be hearing they're still going to be the team's only unbeaten team when they come out of the bye week, and guys are going to spend this time hearing about how great they are, and you know if they go home, their friends and their family are going to tell them how great they are. And did you see this story? Did you see this ranking? Did you see this stat? You know, uh, Nick's doing a good job of handling that while they're all together at the Novacare, but you know, once guys get out in the world, you know, some heads could get inflated. That's, that's a possibility, but I just, I, again, I don't see the talent lining up uh, for the Steelers to beat them. I hear you. I hear you. And now I remember I said you had, you had the mayor Wanny hats. All right. I, I want you to take off the general manager hat. Now I want professor less to come out here now because what we're going to, yeah, we're going to get, get, get the red, get a red marker. And, and we're going to look over this first six weeks of the season. Les, if you had to give a grade to the offense, defense, and special teams, what grades are you giving them? Well, offense, I probably give a B plus, A minus. Um, they haven't scored a ton of points except in the opener. In every game since then, they could have scored more points than they did. And, you know, they kind of missed some chances to do that. Um, they're, I'm grading more on their capability than on what they've done. They've done enough, and you could give them an A, but they're capable of doing so much more. And I think Nick Sirianni agrees with that, and he's talked about it. So I'm going to go probably B-plus for the offense so far. Now the defense, defense I'm probably going to go A-minus. And again, I'm talking expectations and capabilities as much as anything else. They've only given up more than 21 points once, and that was in the opener. I know fans get frustrated when teams are running the ball well against them and, you know, Jonathan Gannon plays uh, soft zone. But that's often when they have a big lead. And I think part of the calculation there is, okay, you're down three scores. If you want to spend 10 minutes, you know, running 14 plays to get one of those back, uh, go right ahead. Um, I I just think the defense has been – I have a little bit of concern about the pass rush. 
I don't really worry about stopping the run. I think if they load up to stop the run, they stop the run. Um, and the corners have been so good. I mean, the corners have been A plus and the safeties have at least been A minus. So overall, I'm going to go A minus on the defense. I'm going to give the defense a little better grade than the offense because I think it's performed closer to its capabilities than the offense has, if that makes any sense. Now, special teams, well, you do have to give some credit to Jake Elliott and to uh, that guy that they brought in, Dicker, who, who hit a game-winning field goal uh, the week that Jake couldn't play. And they do cover punts pretty well, but these ridiculous mistakes every week, I just can't. Uh, I, I've got to give, like, C minus D plus overall to the special teams. And it would be an F frankly, if it weren't for Jake Elliott and for a few other things they've done, like they recovered an onside kick in the opener and, you know, um, I'm incredibly underwhelmed by what the special teams have done. And I think that's really been their Achilles heel and the thing that's more likely to beat them, uh, in the rest of the season than any other factor. Nice. Not nice. Not well, well, well done, done Professor, Professor West. 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 Well, well, I think offensively, and this is it, people think, oh, well, that I'm taking my offensive bias out of this. I still give them an A minus because I look at the way they've been able to play balance offense and to be able to play at a high level. I look at Jalen Hurts and I look at the way that he's progressed as a quarterback. I look at the way that he's read reading the deep reading defenses, his decision-making, his ability to escape. I think that's a huge thing. Quarterback makes the offense go. I think that's been huge. I look at the running backs. I look at the running game that they're doing. I look at Miles Sanders and the steps he's taken in, in, in a contract year. I look at the way that Kenny Gainwell is complimenting as well as Boston Scott. I look at the I look at Dallas Goddard. I look at those all those receivers, the the, the three Batman, as, as they're always talked about when it comes to there and what they've been able to do. And I, most importantly, I look at that offensive line and, and to make all that go, to be able to continually plug and play players in there. I mean, the fact you had Jack Driscoll, Sua Peta in there and, and still being able to do well enough that you're able to still beat, uh, to, to beat teams and still remain undefeated. I just look at the overall offense, the play calling. It's got there's, – there's some – I don't know what it is about the third quarter or, or fourth quarters, but – that's the only. That's the only thing I, I'm looking at. I'm like, all right, cool. That for me, an A plus. But otherwise, I think the offense is an A. Defensively, I'm more of a B B plus. And the reason why I look at it is you you mentioned the pass rush, and that's a concern to me, especially when they go into that second defensive line unit, the one when you have. I think Brandon Graham's doing okay when it comes to that aspect, but when you look in the middle, when you got like Marin Tuipilotu, Milton Williams, where he's is something off a little bit with him this year. I'm not sure what it is, but it looks a little off in that. And then when you lost Derek Barnett, and like as we mentioned before with Teron Jackson, they don't have that other side of the rush. I for the back seven, I think they've been playing very well, one of the better back sevens of the league. So I, I don't have that much. I, I don't have any true complaints about when it comes to pass coverage, when it comes to the linebackers or secondary. The thing that really concerns me, and it's happened in two straight weeks now, is the tackling, especially in the second half. And when teams are really, really getting rolling offensively and, and there's more three and outs when they're offensively, so the defense is on the field a little bit more. And you see – 
opportunities where you could have you have the ball carriers stopped short. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, so they 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 shed a they shed a tackle or two, first down, and then continue it just continue to perpetuate itself to at least more and more points being put on the board. So that's why I, that's the biggest concern for me coming out to buy and also when it comes to this defense so far is, is their tackling, especially because you know it's gonna be some close games eventually, especially when it comes to playoff time. And you need to be able to wrap up and, and effectively take down these ball carriers and not and not prolong drives. Special yeah, the teams. thing I saw with tackling yeah. was, uh, just if I can interject real quickly, Sunday yeah. night was they were maybe not quite taking the last step. They, it, it was, it looked like a tackle, but when you saw the replay, it was like Hassan Reddick. I remember this one time with Ezekiel Elliott. He sort of launched himself from several yards away and got his arms on Ezekiel. Well, that's not going to, you know, <laughs> you have no power when you're in the air. You know, uh, wrapping your arms on the guy with he has a full head of steam isn't going to you have to come down to earth, get your cleats dug in the turf. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) that's how you tackle Ezekiel Elliott. You know, and I saw a lot of that. A lot of guys kind of shooting from uh, a, a few yards away and bouncing off, you know. And, yeah, that's a bad idea. But it also was Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know. But anyway, go ahead. I interrupted you. Very <laughs> no, no you're, that's a val- very valid points. Very good points when it comes to there, too. Because so many – and you see this around the league. I don't I, I know what is guys thinking, I'm oh, just going to throw a shoulder in a guy and knock him down. No, nah, you still got guys with strong bases that are just – that turn, still turn their legs. That's just like swatting a fly. You can't, you can't do that when it comes to there. Special teams. I'm going to give it a C minus. And the reason why I give it that is because I look at the specialists. I think Sipos, Aaron Sipos is doing better than early in the year. You start looking, I was like, ah, is this guy still worthy of being the punter? You know, getting like pinning teams back and forcing them to go long drives. He's gotten better as the season going along. So I'm Jake Elliott, still Jake Elliott, still Pro Bowl caliber kicker. You know, the fact that he was able to come. In fact, he, he earned a lot of respect between him and I forget the uh, Chargers kicker last night. But what you start to see the, the, the toughness those guys show being hurt. I think that was Dustin Hopkins, wasn't Dustin, it? Exactly. Thanks. Because the name, the name was like, oh, it sounds like a movie star. But yeah. But yeah, when you look at Dustin Hopkins, the two of them like the, kicking while they were still hurt. I look at Jake Elliott. And in fact, he came back this week and was able to nail a couple kicks with ease. I, I think he had that. And then Rick Lovato's Rick Lovato's nothing wrong with snaps. The coverage units, I didn't. Uh, b- before Dallas, I didn't have too much of a problem with them. I thought they were enough to at least basically be around average, which we're warrant to see. It's when it comes to the return game the, and the laps here and there, the block kicks here and there, stuff like that. That's what's that's what's really keeping I think this team from being like a no doubt about it. Hey, this team has no holes. To well, they're going. There's leaks here and there, and you got to. I don't know what it is. They button it up. I mean. You don't want to put too many veterans on there because you don't want to wear so them down for where they play regular units. On special yeah, teams. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you see people try to pick off people when they're least expecting it, and then Lane not looking. Next thing you know, you got a guy with a busted shoulder or, or head injury out for a couple of weeks, and it really affects you there. So that's the only thing I think that's really holding this team back is is the special teams overall. And if they if they get if they I don't care the offense does whatever it keeps doing its way. The defense does whatever they. If the special team is able to do offense by week to 
fix those, correct those mistakes, play at a higher level, and somehow find a way to get a, a, at least an average to a little bit above average return game. This team's set. This team is a. There's no doubt this team's a one seed, in my opinion. But what do I know? I'm I'm, I'm just a lowly uh, reporter, beat reporter for uh, around here. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know <laughs> anything either. But if I look at this league right now, and I think most people see it this way. I see the Bills. I think they're probably a little better than the Eagles because of Josh Allen, and maybe maybe their defense is a little stouter. And I see Kansas City, and I'm not sure what would happen if they played Kansas City. I have immense respect for Andy Reid and and for Patrick Mahomes, although Mahomes has struggled a little bit here lately. Uh, I don't see anybody else that, with good health and everything else uh, being the same, that I would take over the Eagles right now. And uh, that's an extraordinary statement for me. I don't think I've ever been in that spot six games into a season anywhere, anytime in my Eagles reporting career. And that's a perfect, you know what? Well, that's a perfect way to end this one into the bye week, Les. Hey, listen, everybody, we thank you guys very much for listening in. Make sure to still continue to read us on ng.com slash Eagles. Also, reach out to us. Let us know what you guys feel about the podcast. If you want to rank, rate it on Apple, iTunes, what have you, wherever you get your podcast, do that. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the show and, and reach out to us and interact with us. I'll, I'll be around. Don't, don't, don't. Reach out to me on Saturday night because uh, it might be a little uh, feeling too good for the reading and stuff like that. But yeah, just make sure to do that. But well, and do that. But Les, I hope you enjoy your bye week and, and enjoy Punta Cana. But so for Les, I'm Chris. Everybody have a good one. <laughs>